98K News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Kenny Hodgart. Tonight's headlines. A performer who was seriously injured when a video panel fell and hit him during last night's Mirror concert has undergone surgery at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital. It's believed the incident was caused when a metal cord holding up a large suspended video, video monitor snapped and the exchange fund posted an investment loss of $144.2 billion in the first six months of the year, its worst ever first half performance. A performer who was seriously injured when a video panel fell and hit him during last night's Mirror concert has undergone surgery at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital. However, the hospital authority said it could not further disclose details of his condition in order to protect patient privacy. As Frank Young reports, the government says it's helping his family members arriving from overseas. An organiser of the concert by the popular all-male band has apologised to the two dancers who were injured at the Hong Kong Coliseum. Lo Teng Fai, the CEO of Makerville, visited the pair at Queen Elizabeth Hospital. He says Makerville will offer all necessary assistance to them and their families. We are handling the incident seriously. We promise to find out the cause. We are most concerned about the two injured dancers and their families. We will keep in touch with them and offer all necessary assistance. As for the performer who was seriously hurt, Chief Executive John Lee says authorities will cater for the needs of his family heading to Hong Kong. Dr. Chuang Shokwan from the Center for Health Protection says there will be special arrangements for the parents of the injured dancer. I think this is not an exception. This is a special arrangement for any uh, overseas passengers who have a real need to go to the hospital or sometimes some people may need to attend a funeral or something. So after they arrived, if they have completed the initial tests and, and procedures, they can arrange to go to the concerned places as soon as possible. The Health Bureau, for its part, said it's been informed by the family members that they had successfully booked a quarantine hotel room. The other dancer who suffered mild injuries in the accident, meanwhile, has been discharged from hospital. The Culture Secretary, Kevin Young, says an initial inspection suggests a snapped metal cord holding up a large suspended video monitor led to the incident. He's pledged to ensure that future performances will be safe for both the performers and the audience. Mr Young said it would take a few weeks for a cross-department task force to look into last night's accident. But he said for now, the Leisure and Culture Services Department, or LCSD, would discuss stage safety with the organisers of upcoming performances. The minister also said it was too early to say who was responsible. The LCSD has made an agreement with all the hire on the arrangement of the performance. And also the hire has the prime responsibility to make sure that all the setup are safe, both to all the performers as well as to the audience. And they also, in particular, for any particular setup on the stage, they have to have a, a professional registered engineer to certify that the setup are safe for that purpose. The Red Cross says it has received scores of calls and messages seeking help after the launch of its counselling hotline for people affected by the incident. Dr Eliza Chung is one of its clinical psychologists. 
First of all, I think what we should know is that we uh, these are normal reactions and we should not pathologicalize all these normal reactions. We can try to do something to uh, cope with these situations, try to help ourselves sleep better if ever possible, stop watching too much like visual content about the accident because those may also trigger us emotionally or physically even more. And if needed, we also like think that it would be good if you have somebody you trust, you can share your feelings too. The exchange fund posted an investment loss of $144.2 billion in the first six months of the year. That's its worst ever first half performance. Almost all asset classes were in the red. The chief executive of the Hong Kong Monetary Authority, Eddie Yu, says the investment environment was hit by a rare occurrence of simultaneous slump in global bond and equity markets. He warned that the situation is expected to remain tough for the rest of the year. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past eleven. Hong Kong has reported 4,696 new local coronavirus cases as well as 188 imported infections. As Priscilla Ung reports, the hospital authority says it will be prescribing COVID-19 antivirals to more patients. A total of 1,411 COVID patients are currently being treated at public hospitals, 10 of whom under intensive care. A chief manager with the hospital authority, Dr. Gladys Kwan, said more patients will be prescribed COVID-19 antivirals as the eligibility is relaxed. She said those with chronic illnesses will be entitled to the drugs regardless of their age and vaccination status. However, she stressed the pills must be taken within five days of the onset of symptoms. We know that the, the earlier the better to have this antiviral because it helps to lower the viral load and also it will help to shorten the time from uh, getting the test results to negative and the patients can recover better. Meanwhile, the hospital authority reported a cluster of infections at a medical ward at Queen Mary Hospital. It said an 85-year-old patient tested positive for COVID on July 24th before a scheduled surgery at the hospital. Two other patients and four staff members who were in the same ward subsequently came down with the virus. Five people with COVID passed away, including a woman who tested positive for the virus after falling from height. The Hong Kong government has accused the European Union of interfering in China's internal affairs after the bloc issued a statement calling for the national security law to be repealed. In its statement, the EU expressed grave concerns regarding what it described as the increasing, increasing infringement of civil and political rights in Hong Kong. A government spokesman said it was appalling to see the EU applying double standards and making baseless allegations. Chief Executive John Lee said experts from the United Nations Human Rights Committee had come to a misguided conclusion. He said the rights of Hong Kongers were protected. We have a respectable system of a legal system in which we actually have very uh, reputable and famous judges uh, who sit on the Court of Final Appeal. So these indicate the strong elements uh, on our safeguarding human rights and freedom and at the same time ensuring our national security is well protected. 
Overseas, President, President Volodymyr Zelensky has made an unannounced appearance in the Ukrainian port of Odessa ahead of the departure of the first ship loaded with grain since the war began five months ago. He told Western ambassadors Ukraine was ready to export its grain. Our side is fully prepared. We sent all the signals to our partners, the United Nations and Turkey, and our military guarantees the security situation. The Minister of Infrastructure is in direct contact with the Turkish side and the UN. We are waiting for a signal from them that we can start. The operation is a test to see if the recent deal struck in Istanbul works in practice, given that the coastal waters have been mined by Ukraine and blockaded by Russian warships. Britain's Defence Secretary has said Russia is failing to achieve any one of its objectives in Ukraine. Ben Wallace was speaking after new reports claimed that half of Russia's troops had been killed or wounded during the campaign. The army, Mr Wallace said, was now recruiting from the poorest parts of the country and resorted to using mercenaries as well, with little regard for what happened to them. They're in a very difficult spot. They are operating roughly their army at about 40 to 50% combat effective. What that means is, in some units, it's roughly 800 people, some of them have gone down to 30 people, but they're still being actioned and driven forward as a unit. Now, in NATO and in the West, if a military unit goes down to 85% combat effectiveness, they are taken out of the line. They're not viewed to be effective. U.S. President Joe Biden insists the American economy is on the right path despite posting negative growth for the second straight quarter. The U.S. economy contracted 0.9% in the three months ending June after a 1.6% decrease in the first quarter, fueling fresh concerns of a recession. Treasury Secretary and former Fed Chief Janet Yellen also says the economy remains resilient. Most economists and most Americans have a similar definition of recession, substantial job losses and mass layoffs, businesses shutting down, private sector activities slowing considerably, family budgets under immense strain, in some, a broad-based weakening of our economy. That is not what we're seeing right now when you look at the economy. Job creation is continuing. Household finances remain strong. Consumers are spending and businesses are growing. After talks in Paris, the French President Emmanuel Macron and Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman say they've agreed to work together to ease the effects of the war in Ukraine. Yet despite the red carpet being rolled out for the visiting Crown Prince, he appears to have made no firm pledge to increase oil production to curb soaring fuel prices. Western leaders have been trying to improve relations with the Crown Prince after previously shunning him over the murder of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi. A group of leading climate scientists examining this month's record temperatures in Britain have concluded they were a direct result of man-made climate change. Here's the BBC's Jonah Fisher. The scientists from the World Weather Attribution Network have been running simulations in which they compared the weather we experience in the real world with a hypothetical one without our carbon dioxide emissions and greenhouse gases. The aim has been to work out how much humans are to blame for the record temperatures of last Monday and Tuesday. The answer is a lot. They say the record temperatures would not have been reached 
without the warming effect of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. Reports from Afghanistan say there's been an explosion inside the International Cricket Stadium in the capital, Kabul. The head of the Afghan Cricket Board, Nasib Khan, said the blast happened in the stands during a domestic match and that four people in the crowd were injured. Details are still coming in. And now with a look ahead to this week weekend's football action, here's the BBC's John Wilkinson. Manchester City were beaten by Leicester in last season's Community Shield final, but it didn't slow them down in the following league campaign, did it? Whilst there's never a bad time to pick up some silverware, it's very much a season starter rather than a decisive match in the context of the big competitions that Liverpool and City will be aiming at this campaign. City's pre-season preparations have been near ideal. Erling Haaland got off the mark with a winning goal against Bayern Munich. They look settled and as miserly as ever defensively. Allowing Raheem Sterling, Gabriel Jesus and Alexander Zinchenko to leave doesn't appear so far to have weakened them in any way that should encourage their rivals. Liverpool have notoriously demanding pre-season workouts under Jurgen Klopp and the results, not surprisingly, haven't been stellar. A 5-0 win over RB Leipzig was the standout performance in which new signing Darwin Nunes scored four, but Liverpool were terrible in pre-season in 2019 and went on to win the title. And so to Leicester's King Power Stadium for the Community Shield showpiece rather than Wembley, owing to the Women's European Championship final taking place there. Alisson and Diogo Jota miss out through injuries, certainly not helping Liverpool's cause. But any match between City and Liverpool carries great interest. Season-defining, though? I think not. A lawsuit involving the wives of two former England players has seen Colleen Rooney cleared of committing libel. Ms Rooney, married to the striker Wayne Rooney, had accused Rebecca Vardy of sending fake news stories about her to a tabloid newspaper. The BBC's Lizo Mzimba has been following the case. Mrs Rooney had made the allegation after carrying out a sting operation by posting false stories on Instagram that could only be viewed by Mrs Vardy's account. In libel trials, the general principle is that the loser pays the winning party's legal costs as well as their own. It means that Rebecca Vardy is now potentially facing a legal bill of about two and a half million pounds. And a look at the weather, mainly fine. Apart from isolated showers and squally thunderstorms, the minimum temperature will be about 28 degrees tomorrow. Very hot during the day with a maximum of around 34 in the urban areas and a couple of degrees higher in the new territories. Light to moderate southwesterly winds. The outlook persistently very hot apart from isolated showers in the following days. The current temperature is 31 degrees Celsius with humidity of 80%. And a reminder of our top stories tonight, a performer who was seriously injured when a panel fell and hit him during last night's Mirror concert has undergone surgery at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital. It's believed the incident was caused when a metal cord holding up a large suspended video, video monitor snapped. And the exchange fund posted an investment loss of $144.2 billion in the first six months of the year, its worst ever first half performance. You've been listening to the news from RTHK.
in the discos back in the 80s of course Donna Summer and on the radio as we go into our second hour this Friday night the up-tempo sort of version of our musical mystery tour still giving way at five past midnight to a sentimental journey so I hope you can stick around for the next couple of hours it'll be really great 